All right, back with another episode of the podcast for Lux. Today we're going to be doing a Ret Paladin guide. Um, we have Sav with us today, hey. and he's going to be going over the talents that he uses, um, similar to what we did with Holy last week. And we do appreciate Holy helping us out with that. And Sav, if you want to go ahead and start uh, by opening up your character sheet and giving us a glimpse at your Azrite traits in your neck. Alrighty. So, um, basically, the main build that you're going to be looking at is going to have um, very like linear Azerite traits. Um, so, what I'm doing with this sort of set it and forget it, one-stop shop, always use this if you can, Retribution Paladin build, is um, basically a mastery build focused on uh, maximizing your damage from Light's Decree. So you'll see these two Azerite traits on this piece here. Uh, Avengers Might. When Crusade is active, or Avenging Wrath, if you have that talented, um, your mastery is increased by 857. And that stacks, right? Uh, and it scales with Azerite gear level. So the higher your, uh, higher eye level your Azerite gear is, like I have a 480 piece and a 475 piece, and you see I get 23 more mastery from the 480 piece. Um, but then Light's Decree is a proc. Whenever you're going to use one of your spenders, it's going to proc for holy damage. But because you're a paladin, uh, holy damage is based off of your mastery. So these two traits in conjunction create a ludicrous amount of additional damage coming from all the abilities that you're going to be using throughout a fight. Um, so this build here, uh, it, I've currently got three lights to create and three Avengers Mites. So that's sort of like the, the god combo setup. Um, when you're in Avenging Wrath with this setup, uh, you're frequently over you know, 180% mastery. And that just makes your procs from Light's Decree do so much more damage. Then the one talent that you'll notice will change from time to time is, and I have it set up on this piece here, you'll see Imperium Power. Uh, that is a one-of Azerite trait. Uh, early in the expansion, it was actually good to have a couple, but now it's sort of just a one-stop shop. But it makes it so that all of your attacks have a chance to make an additional Divine Storm, or your, your next Divine Storm free, and deal an additional 5,934 damage. So that is going to be coming in handy whenever you're going to be doing some sort of sustained AoE type situation. Uh, Mythic Plus uh, on Fortified Weeks. Um, additionally, like raid bosses like Hivemind, Raden. Um, unlike some classes, Rep Paladins uh, actually get benefit from using their AO abil AOE abilities the moment there is a second target, as opposed to like you know some of those three or four target you know caps where you're where you're looking at it and you're like oh well I have five targets now I could start using my AOE abilities the moment there is two things to hit you want to be hitting Divine Storm so anytime you can see that opportunity in a fight you probably want the Imperium Power to get those procs because your spenders just do so much more damage than anything else. And then for the neck, um, so these are the set it and forget it traits for the neck. Uh, this is what I recommend to anybody who just wants to do one build for Rep Paladin. The big thing is Vision of Perfection Major. Um, you'll never get a major, better Major Essence at this point, since you have so much value coming from like your main cooldowns. Getting procs of those cooldowns and reducing the cooldown of those cooldowns is just such a significantly larger portion of the DPS than anything else you can use. Um, Breath of the Dying just does a lot of damage. Can't really argue with that. Uh, I think Fantastic in... execute damage. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and honestly, like Rhett benefits from the execute window quite a bit because you get your hammer of wrath up all the time, and then also this is just proccing like crazy and doing tons of damage. And um, it's just a beautiful, beautiful uh, thing to use, even in dungeons, even if it's only hitting one target. Very often in dungeon slice sims, I've noticed that it'll sim higher than purification protocol. And then Memory of Lucid Dreams, um, for any build that is sort of mastery-based, you're kind of sacrificing a little bit of haste. And haste is a really good stat for Rhett um, early on, but once you start to get to the point where, as you can see, like 93% mastery, um, you don't really need the haste anymore because mastery is just going to be more valuable. And Memory of Lucid Dreams just gives you free holy power, which just gives you more spenders. And then Conflict and Strife. Verse is always a good stat. If you don't have Conflict and Strife, the easy shoe-in for like a replacement for this would be Essence of the Focusing Iris. So between these two, that's sort of the um, the third piece of Exodia here for the puzzle. <laughs> um, but yeah, this one, if you don't want to grind it out, this is almost as good. Okay, and you mentioned that you have 93% mastery. So do you have mastery on pretty much every piece you're wearing to get to that number? Uh, yeah, all but two right now. Um, but the two that I don't have mastery on have sockets, so they have mastery gems in the sockets. So, and they oh. also they also have ineffable truth. So, that's another thing, you know, like ineffable truth kind of. I don't want to say it trumps mastery, but like it's still very good to have. And I mean, other than that, you know, 147 mastery, 139, 110, 320, 371. Even my trinket has mastery. Okay, and what are you recommending as far as um, corruptions go? I saw that you have like a little bit more variety uh, that you're wearing than most classes do. Yeah, so um, there's sort of a hierarchy for Rep Paladin in terms of like what is valuable. Um, if you're looking at like top DPS parses for Mythic raids, you're going to see like people that have only Masterful equipped, and then occasionally you'll see somebody slip in like a Honed Mind. Like, today I actually plan to purchase a Honed Mind and replace this Twilight Devastation. Like, I just have a Twilight Devastation right now because it fits in my Corruption budget. But ultimately, I'd like to have something mastery-based on this item. Uh, and honestly, it will sim higher than Twilight Devastation. Not, not gonna lie. Um, but yeah, like, Masterful is sort of your Tier 1. Um, Rep Paladins that don't stack Masterful do gain benefit from stacking Ineffable Truth. Um... Ineffable Truth pairs really well with either Mastery or Haste, or really anything. Ineffable Truth is something that benefits Rep Paladins a lot, because depending on the build, you have like several abilities that are always on cooldown. So when that procs, you're reducing the cooldown of Judgment, Blade of Justice, sometimes Execution Sentence if you have it Talented, Wake of Ashes, Avenging Wrath. You just get a little bit of everything being reduced at the same time. Also, for Dungeons, this ability here, Hammer of Justice, um, if you have a, if there's a cooldown reduction talent with Hammer of Justice, and if, uh, if Ineffable Truth procs, Blizzard chose to not go through with their Ineffable Truth changes, but if Ineffable Truth procs, it stacks with the Hammer of Justice cooldown reduction, and you can get, like, three to six seconds between single target stuns when that's, when that's live, and, um, it's just absolutely broken. But yeah, so... Let's have a, uh, so you're using a quick nav on your weapon, it looks like, and then uh, real quick, just uh, tell us uh, about the trinkets you're wearing. 
So um, more so than anything, the reason that I'm running these two trinkets are because they don't have main stat strength. Um, at the point where mastery is where it's at, when I have four masterful threes equipped, um, main stat strength loses a lot of value because all of your damage is coming from your holy power damage abilities. So like Light's Judgment, Hammer of Wrath, you know, Templar's Verdict, and Divine Storm. Um, so because of that, you don't really want the main stat strength if you can avoid it. So Vial of Animated Blood, even though it's strength on use, it has 240 mastery as the main stat, which is going to help you throughout the fight a lot more than 600 strength will. And then Vita. So um, a common misconception with Vita is when you sim it, compared to, like let's say, the Black Dragon scale, because um, you always want a little bit of haste with this build, or any build with Rhett. You're, you're always going to benefit from all the stats. But um, so the Black Dragon scale might sim a little bit higher because the proc rate's a lot higher and it's more consistent. But you can't, you know, doubt the fact that you're boosting all your party members and if they're using Vitas, they're going to be boosting you. So because of that, it's hard to sim for extra people using Vita in your group. And it usually ends up being that they're within about 200 DPS of each other. Also, main stat haste. So that extra haste throughout the fight plus getting the benefit of the haste proc on yourself as well as your allies. It just, it's nothing to scoff at. It's just such a huge boost. If everybody in your raid uses Vita Charge, that's like having, you know, a bunch of haste sockets. Like, basically a haste socket each for the whole raid, right? And you get to go fast, like Sanic. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Super Sanic. I mean, it procs for, like, a ton of haste, so... It feels really good when it procs, because right now I'm not running a lot of haste. Like, you can see here, it's 17.54%. But when it procs, I'm at like 31%, so it feels a lot better when it's, you know, when it's live. <laughs> you notice yeah. it very visibly with this build. <laughs> I almost never wear mine, but I definitely see it every single time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so that's that's the main reason I run these two trinkets. It's also just the, uh, you know, the the fact that they're, they're not strength main stat, but then the, the, they're also very potent. Like... 374, or sorry, 3,786 strength is a lot of strength. It decays over 18 seconds, but it's still a lot of strength, and it makes all your physical damage spells do a ton of damage. Alright, let's pop open your uh, your talents and have a look at those. Alright. There's, there's a fire mage just constantly buffing us over here. That's why I keep seeing fire fly in. Oh, that's fine. So these are the talents that I'm currently using. So this is more of the like AoE dungeon build. So Rhett has really good options in some of these rows. Um, your first row is the thing that's going to change the most, depending on the type of content that you're doing. So um, Zeal basically is a passive talent. Whenever you use your judgment, um, it's going to cause your next three auto attacks to occur 30% faster and deal an addi deal additional holy damage, which also scales with mastery. So it, it's one of those things that works also in conjunction with this mastery build. Um, this is really good for Mythic Plus or AoE bosses or any situation where you're going to be changing targets. Um, because it's something that you just set it and you get the buff and they're going to... You know, whenever you're going to be using Judgment, which is all the time, um, you just get the damage from it. So it, it does sim higher for Mythic Plus because you're not losing any value from the other talents. 
Righteous Verdict uh, buffs your Templar's Verdict, so every Templar's Verdict increases the damage of your next Templar's Verdict by 15%. Now, Templar's Verdict is your solely single-target spender. So as good as this talent is, um, you're going to run into situations where you're obviously going to be changing targets a lot, or if you have more than one target, you're just never going to hit Templar's Verdict. So this is like a very good single-target talent, because it's easy to run with. It's a passive ability, so it's just happening automatically. But also, you um, you don't really like you know get the benefit out of it the moment there's two targets, because you're not going to want to be spending your Templars for days. And then Execution Sentence is arguably the most entertaining talent in this game. Um, but you it costs three Holy Power, so it's an additional spender. It does a bunch of Holy Power, or Holy Damage. And then it increases the damage, uh, increases the target's holy damage taken from your attacks by 20% for 12 seconds. So it's it changes the spec into sort of this like, you know, maximize these like big damage windows with the execution sentence. Um, it pairs really well with like certain talents. And if if you're in a purely single target scenario, this is probably between these two are they're most likely going to be your highest summing talents, depending on the build. I use all three of these, depending on the fight in raids, depending on the weeks. But most of the time for dungeons, even tyrannical weeks, or like fights like Hive Mind, I'm taking Zeal. This is a pretty useful talent, Ro. I mean, you're, you're getting variety out of everything that's in there. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. You have two different ways to do single target, and something you can set up that genuinely doesn't really help you do AoE damage, but at least it's something that you can benefit from during AoE damage windows. And that's sort of the big thing is like, why take Templars or why take Righteous Verdict when you're going to be doing AoE damage when you're never going to use the ability that causes it to proc, right? An Execution Sentence is actually still pretty good in AoE settings because you can always like, if you're doing a dungeon and there's like a big ad and a bunch of little ads, you can always Execution Sentence the big ad and then at least your Divine Storms are hitting that one guy 20% harder. But it's also a Holy Power Spender in a type of game where you don't really want to be, you know, wasting your holy power. You want to be throwing all that damage on the, the ads. So I try not to run it in dungeons, but some people do, and it's not bad. Um, sorry. Let's look at the uh, the 30 row here. What do you got? Uh, I see you're talented in the Hammer of Wrath. Yeah, so, <clears throat> yeah, never change this. Um, never. Uh, this is, this is like, so especially for the mastery build, it's a, it's a holy damage builder, right? So before actually setting up this mastery build, Hammer of Wrath would do maybe like 50 to 60k DPS, or sorry, 50 to 60k damage, if I'm lucky, you know, if it crits, and 20k-ish is what it's saying on the tooltip. But with the mastery build, I've seen this thing crit for like 120k now. Um, it's also an additional builder, which just helps the rotation flow, because uh, Ret is, as opposed to some builder spender specs, uh, Ret is a is a spec that you will very often hit a point in your rotation where you're going to have downtime. So any t anything you can do to mitigate the amount of downtime you have, like if you can have an additional spender to get that additional, or sorry, an additional builder to get that additional spender out, it's very good to have. Um, and the other talents in this row are sort of all built around that idea. This is sort of like your buff your builders row. But the only one that really performs above and beyond in every scenario is Hammer of Wrath. And also, it's ranged. It's a ranged ability. 
So in situations where you have to move out of melee, you usually can get away with tossing out a couple of your ranged builders to sort of make sure that you're ready to go back into melee with some holy power. So you can use it as a gap closer, like, you know, as you're moving towards the boss, you can throw it out. And on top of that, again, it's just, it's an additional builder, but it's not up all the time. So um, basically, it's only usable on enemies when they have 20% health. So it is an executability, but you also have it active when you're in your wings, you know? So when you pop Crusade, like you can see, it's grayed out right now on my screen. But you pop Crusade and it becomes active. So it, it's that, useful. And that should be up more often with your Ineffable Truth, correct? Um, not, a, not Ineffable Truth, but Vision. Okay, I got you. When you're Vision proc. <clears throat> yeah, so when Vision procs, you get about like, uh, you know, you get, you get about eight seconds of wings or so, nine seconds of wings, and having that active, you know, enables your hammer of wrath. So usually when wings pops up, my flowchart for like, how do I react to this is always spend hammer of wrath first. So you get a couple of uses out of it during your wings. And then like, you know, wake of ashes, because wake of ashes just gives you five holy power. But we'll get to that one in a minute. Um, but yeah, this is this is a very high priority ability. If you, if you can afford to use it, use it. Um, and then the other ones, like, Blade of Blade of Wrath is good in, in PvP. This is the only time I'll ever talent Blade of Wrath. You don't get that much use out of Hammer of Wrath in PvP, so... Blade of, Blade of Wrath just um, allows your Art of War to proc more. You know, Art of War is like a... It's a passive talent you just get for being a Paladin. It, it has a chance to automatically reset the cooldown of Blade of Justice. But it procs a lot. Without this, without this talented, it procs a friggin' lot. You know what I mean? Like, you don't really need to worry too much about this procking. It procs enough to keep you sustained, but this talent just lets it proc more. And even, even running builds that emphasize Blade of Justice for damage, it's actually still better to have Hammer of Wrath talented, even though you get more Blade of Wraths. Um, and then, honestly, I had to read this talent. <laughs> because I've never used it. Just never use it. No, dude, it's so bad. Um, reduces the cooldown on Crusader Strike by 15%. I'm like, I hit Crusader Strike so often and so consistently, I was like, did it actually have a cooldown? <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it, it's what it does. I was like, okay. And then it has a chance to make your next, um, your next Holy Power Spender consume one less Holy Power. And I was like, okay, well that's cool. But these two are better, and then this one's just infinitely better. You're always going to want Hammer of Wrath. And good news for Shadowlands, that's going baseline. So you just never have to talent it again. You're just always going to have it. Yeah, that's that's nice. Yeah. All the right, so what are we doing at 45? We got Fist of Justice, Repentance, and Blinding Light. Yeah, so these, these are, this is your CC row. Um, so Rep Paladin is really split up into very specific rows. It's like, but this is the CC row. Um, so Fist of Justice, I talked about this a little bit earlier, but with Ineffable Truth, um, this is broken. <laughs> uh, so basically each holy power spent reduces the remaining cooldown on Hammer of Justice by two seconds. So every time you use like, you know, Templar's Verdict, it costs three holy power. Well, it's going to reduce this by six seconds. But if Ineffable Truth is proc, I don't, I don't quite understand the interaction, but like, um, it, it causes cooldowns to reduce 30% faster. So I think it buffs this by 30%. So, like, if Ineffable Truth is live and you have Fist of Justice talented, you'll use a spender and you'll just see the cooldown on your, your stun go from, like, you know, 40 or 45 seconds, let's say, to, like, 20. And it's just like, okay, nice, thanks, Blizzard, for not breaking my, not unbreaking my class, I should say. Um, 
Repentance is, uh, if you've ever played a demon hunter or a monk, it's basically the rep paladin version of Imprison. Um, but it only works against humanoids, demons, undead, dragonkin, and giants. Thanks. So situationally, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's like, well, here, here's this cool talent, but oh yeah, it's bad. Um, it doesn't work on half the game. Yeah, exactly. But it's uh, it's on a 15 second cooldown, which is kind of nice. Uh, so situationally, you can use it like um, King's Rest. Uh, you know, if you're going into King's Rest, there's lots of undeads. Um, you can use it. Uh, Freehold, there's lots of humanoids. You can use it. Um, you know, like, so situationally, there are dungeons where if, you, if your group absolutely has a plan, you're doing a key and you're like, well, we need to lock down this one mob before we pull and we don't have a demon hunter or a monk or a rogue. Well, you can talent this, you can use it. It's just, I never have, but it, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's actually not bad if you think about it. Another thing I don't like about it too, is as opposed to any of your other CC, it has a 1.4 second cast time. And I don't like cast times. I try to avoid cast times. But, you know, that's part of being a melee DPS. If you're a melee DPS with a cast time, it just feels bad, right? Yeah. Um, and then the other talent is Blinding Light. So usually in a dungeon or in a raid setting, I'll sort of switch between Blinding Light and Fist of Justice. But given that this tier, Fist of Justice, has been busted by Ineffable Truth, and I usually have a couple stacks of that on, I try to keep that talented just because, like, having that like priority single target stun more often is usually more valuable than situationally being able to use an AoE disorient. Because all this does is it emits a dazzling light. Dazzling. Um, straight out of Vegas. Get a little razzle-dazzle on them if they oh. don't know what they're doing. You actually just use jazz hands, right? And everybody's just so... <laughs> yeah, you're, they're so shocked, they just walk around for a second. But yeah, it's an AoE disorient and causes them to wander for six seconds. Um... Any non-holy damage will break the disorient, though, right? So, if you're literally in a group with any class that doesn't do holy damage, and they just use a physical damage spell, the disorient's broken. But it, it can be used situationally. Like, um, last week we did, um, like, Shrine of the Storm on Teaming Week, and there's a lot of ad packs you're going to pull with, like, four or five casters, and that's just too high of an interrupt requirement. So you can kind of, like, if you're all popping cooldowns, you're trying to burn that ad pack, you can situationally stop the casts of all of them. And it's good for that. But again, you know, it's like super niche. Uh, it was a lot better in previous tiers when we didn't have Ineffable Truth breaking this talent. So for the most part, I just set this and forget this. And then every once in a while, I'll think, you know what? Blinding Light's good. I'm going to take Blinding Light here. And then you just end up back at Fist of Justice. Oh, yeah. Pretty much every time. As soon as, as, soon as whatever instance I'm running that required this is done, I'm like, oh. Thank God, I got my stun back. But um, the 60 row is uh, another row where I had to read one of the talents. <laughs> but that was always fun. So this is um, so this is another damage row. Um, you're going to notice um, I have Wake of Ashes talented. I'll never untalent this. Um, it's going baseline in Shadowlands, though. So two of our favorite talents are going baseline. That, that's exciting. Um, but Wake of Ashes is just super clean for your builder-spender type rotation. Uh, you you want to spend this, like, on cooldown, right? The only time you want to hold Wake of Ashes is if you have wings up in, like, three seconds. Because it's radiant damage, which, for those of you who don't know, is fire and holy. Which means it also benefits from your mastery hand of the light. It gets buffed with your mastery. 
Um, and it's it's a cone, does a ton of damage. Um, it's usually one of the highest damage spells, like top ten damage abilities in in a dungeon, and it's on a forty five second cooldown. So it just just does this huge burst of you know frontal damage, and um, it also has the added utility of demons and undeads are stunned for five seconds. Now that doesn't come up a lot, but especially in some of the BFA dungeons, like um, Underrot, after the second boss, you have those uh, skeleton packs. And they put a dot on your tank that hurts a lot. So being able to like just AoE stun that whole pack when they're doing their casts feels really friggin' good. Um, but you are, if you're running Simps and you're curious about consecration, all right, you're going to uh, you're going to notice that in a lot of situations this Sims higher. But, and there's a big but here. It's never going to do more damage than Wake of Ashes. Ever. Because your tank, especially if it's freaking Conan, will move. <laughs> and you... a... I can confirm that. At yeah. 110%. <laughs> you're going to drop that on the ground, and then the boss will be out of it in like an, a millisecond, right? Like you're going to be like, oh, I just lost all my damage. And also, as opposed to Wake of Ashes, Wake of Ashes is on a long cooldown, 45 seconds, but it gives you 5 holy power. Whereas Consecration gives you one. And like I was saying earlier, you're pretty starved for like your builders and you do have downtime. So losing Wake of Ashes, this gives you like a big burst of uptime and it feels really good when you have it. Whereas Consecration only giving you one Holy Power just gives you this steady stream of downtime. And then also you're losing value on the AoE from Wake of Ashes because like chances are your tank's going to move and it's going to screw up your whole day. But between these two, they're both good options. Like, I've used Consecration to some, you know, success in the past. Like, certain raid bosses that don't really move. Like, um, last tier in Eternal Palace, I used it a lot for um, Radiance of Ashara. Because she literally doesn't move, right? She's in the middle of the room. So every time you hit Consecration, you know Conan can't move it out of, out of its little hole. So you know you're going to get your damage, and it worked well. But there's very few situations where that's going to be um, where that's actually going to be good, right? And then this, I had to read this, so I don't I I don't get it. Each uh, each enemy hit by an ability consumes holy power. By yeah, that consumes holy power will increase the damage of your next judgment by twenty percent, stacking up to fifteen times. I don't doubt that there's somebody out there who tried to make this work, but. As much damage as Judgment does, because I'm pretty sure it's, like, one of your higher damage spenders. Like, actually, with, with before I had the Mastery build set up, Judgment would consistently have DPS Hammer of Wrath. Now it's sort of flipped to where Hammer of Wrath comes out ahead. But, like, as good as this is, Judgment isn't your main damage ability. And as much as I really want to make a meme build that tries to get, like, benefit from this, I highly doubt that it's worth it. Um, but who knows? Maybe there'll be an update video someday where I'm like, guys, I made Divine Judgment work. I did it. But either way. World first, using Divine Judgment. Oh yeah, I'm gonna kill Nazoth with that talent. I'm gonna one-shot <laughs> one him, dude. I'm gonna throw Judgment, and he's just gonna be like, nope. Just to skew the logs for everybody else who goes and looks. Yeah, exactly. I'll be like, top 100 parses, and they'll be like, this guy ran Divine Judgment. <laughs> um... But yeah, like I don't I don't doubt that there's a way to make it work. 
I just like I haven't found value in it in dungeons. I haven't found value in it in PvP, and I haven't found value in it in raids ever. But then again, I've also never talented it. Talented it, so I highly doubt it's actually a usable build. But it seems cool. But I I don't even have enough patience to try to make that work. So, so what are we doing at seventy five? Like I see I see that you're you're talented in the Cavalier to be a, a speedy boy. Um, and and is that the only thing there? Is that a whole movement row or? Uh, this is a two out of three talents are good row, and then the third talent's also kind of good in PvP sometimes. Um, so I'm talented Cavalier because like I kind of like we were doing Vexiona, and I just sort of talented into it, and then I was too lazy to change it. But this is, so situationally, you kind of want to pick between Unbreakable Spirit and Cavalier. Both are very good. Um, Cavalier is like, um, you get two charges on your Divine Steed. Now, Rhett has, Rhett has Peasant Legs, okay? We, we always talk about DKs having Peasant Legs, but they're not the only ones. Our movement ability is better than DKs, but outside of our movement cooldowns, like, I am just running right alongside Zets all day. <laughs> So uh, I talent Cavalier a lot of the times when fights or fights require a lot of movement, or if I'm doing a Mythic Plus dungeon where tanks are just like chain pulling and running ahead of the DPS, I want to be able to keep up to make sure that I do damage. So Cavalier is really useful in that. The keys I've been doing lately, I've generally kept it talented, and also um, Cavalier comes with a with like a caveat to like you kind of want to pick this in situations where you can benefit from it. And you're also very comfortable with having a longer cooldown in your defensives. Because the alternative is Unbreakable Spirit, which reduces the cooldown of Divine Shield, Shield of Vengeance, and Lay on Hands by 30%, which are your three big defensives, right? These are the things that you're always hitting to prevent damage, to save yourself, to save an ally, in the case of Lay on Hands. Um, like Divine Shield, or sorry, Shield of Vengeance is... Uh, it's a barrier of light that absorbs 158,000 damage for 15 seconds. It's on a two-minute cooldown, and when the shield expires, it does a bunch of holy damage. So it's a very, very good like defensive talent that you want to be using. And taking Unbreakable Spirit, you have it every minute and a half as opposed to every two minutes. Um, and then Divine Shield is, you know, everybody knows it. It's your bubble. You just get full immunity, and you can keep DPSing. But you will notice that a lot of your defensive abilities, they cause you to have a status effect called Forbearance, which means for the next 30 seconds, you can't use one of your big defensives on a target with Forbearance. So, like, um, you can apply this to other people, too. So if I lay on hands Conan, because he's, like, dying, right? Well, in raids, Chumpo, our Holy Paladin, can't also lay on hands Conan, like, immediately afterwards. I put that status effect on Conan, so uh, Chumpo has to wait 30 seconds. One Paladin at a time. Yeah, basically. Um, but the same goes for, like, really oh shit situations. If I bubble, but then I need Lay on Hands shortly afterwards, I'm basically screwed. But between these two talents, I I'd say that, like, once you're comfortable, if you're comfortable in the content you're doing, not having the shorter defensive cooldowns, you're going to benefit from Cavalier more if there's movement involved. But otherwise, if there's, like, a ton of damage always coming out, you just need those shorter cooldowns. You can manage with one stack of Divine Steed and just take Unbreakable Spirit, because it's only on a 45 second cooldown. And then the last one, Eye for an Eye. Basically, if you if you queue into PvP and you see an Arms Warrior, pick this. Because it, it gives you it gives you 35% damage, physical damage mitigation, 
and every melee attack against you does 3,998 physical damage back to the attacker. It's like um, it's like a shield, like a, like a wall of shield or what? Sorry, wall of swords. And when people punch you, they get cut. You know. But Just again, the wounds back. Yeah, you, you throw them wounds back at the armor warriors. But that's basically it. When I queue into PvP, if I'm doing arena and I see an arms warrior, I'm like, oh, dude, it's an eye for an eye type game. But other than that, I'm usually using like cavalier in arena because you know there's a lot of classes that have a lot of slippery movement abilities, and you know, like I said, you got peasant legs, so you can mitigate that then it's pretty good and then i see at 90 we're at uh word of glory yeah so i got this talented because i was doing some dungeons um word of glory is like so good in dungeons so basically it's a holy power spender um it costs three holy power and it heals a friendly target and the two most injured targets after that friendly target for like right now it's 83k but like when i pop my wings it's going to turn into 160k because as a paladin your heals are mastery based so it's a lot of healing right and in, in a dungeon group being able to heal three allies for like basically a third of their health is huge um yeah and... there are definitely some weeks that like i know we've ran instances and you're helping out the healer get the get the the group topped off so that we can just keep going with that Yep, and it has two charges, so in really oh-shit situations, you can, like, you know, Wake of Ashes, Word of Glory, Judgment, Word of Glory, and, like, just basically full heal three people in your group. Um, so it's super, super helpful. Like, I've used that talent to a lot of success in the dungeons this season, and if you're playing Rep Paladin in dungeons, like, doesn't matter what the affixes are, there's probably going to be a few times where Word of Glory is going to come in handy, because the alternatives in this row aren't very good. Um... So Selfless Healer, that's what a lot of Paladins will use for raids. Um, we have ludicrously good healers, so I actually genuinely just keep Word of Glory on. <laughs> um, it's a DPS loss, because you're spending three Holy Power, but uh, Selfless Healer, what it does is every Holy Power spender you do buffs your Flash of Light, which is your single target heal, right? Uh, by 25%, and reduces the cooldown by 25%. Oh, sorry, buffs the healing done by 10%, and the cooldown by 25%. Anyways, and it stacks up to four times, so eventually it's free, right? And then your Flash of Light is going to heal you for like 40% more, and it's going to be free. So, it's pretty good. It's a good self-healing yeah. raid talent. You can use it to save people. You can still target other people with Flash of Light. Um, oh yeah, it, it, it erases the cast time. Um, my bad. Not, not the cooldown, it erases the cast time. Yeah, it's definitely a, a usable talent. Like, I, I can definitely see where people are using it, especially if you have uh, weaker healers around you and you need a little bit more self-healing. Um, like you said, we have pretty pretty strong healers around us most of the time, so being yep. able to kind of AoE heal a little bit um, just to help out in general with Word of Glory is probably going to give overall raid benefit, but if the healers were a little weaker and you needed a little bit more, especially being in melee on fights like... Um, like hive mind where you're pretty much sentenced to stand in pools of stuff it's probably pretty good yeah like word of glory comes in handy in like situations and raid where you can like literally save somebody's life and i can honestly say that i use this to save people pretty often um it's usually my main healing ability selfless healer the reason why it's such a big raid talent is just because it doesn't use holy power so you don't lose dps right and that's basically why like 98 percent of rep paladins are probably using this in raids just so that they can like say ah screw it I'm not going to spend holy power on healing. I'm going to spend it on damage. But 
situationally, like being able to throw out, you know, basically what can be 600k healing with Word of Glory or like 500k healing with Word of Glory is um is nice. But I mean, I don't know. Realistically, I should I should use this more in raids, but I'm I'm a lazy person, so I, I just keep Word of Glory on 99% of the time. And then this is bad. Um, it's it's a spender. It costs five holy power, so your whole bar, you have one, two, three, four, five holy power, so you have to build the five, and then use this, and it doesn't do that much damage. But technically in PvP it can be fun, because if you're playing with a rogue, the damage is increased by 50% when they're stunned, so you can kind of coordinate that with your partner, be like, hey, I'm going to build the five, I'm going to pop wings, I want you to stun that guy, and I'm going to hit him with Justicar's Vengeance, and you just, like, execute one-shot that guy, right? But it's super niche. Um, you might sim it, and it might sim higher for you, but I was... Uh, actually, I think... can't remember who I was talking to that was using this talent not long ago, but I, I just asked them. I was like, how many times in the, like, four months that you've had this talent on have you actually used it? And they're like, I don't know, like, one or two. I was like, exactly. Like, take one of the healing utilities over this every time. It's just not worth it. It's a bad okay. bad talent. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't look great, to be hmm. perfectly honest with you. If I was going to do PvP with a really good rogue, I would probably consider, like, just being like, hey guys, like, you know, like, look, this guy, this, this, this twos group that we're going up against is pretty weak to CC. Why don't we try to line up, like, a stun Justicar's Vengeance? And I might consider talenting that just for that one match, but, like, otherwise, it's like, eh, never maybe take it. If, maybe if the Slender Man ever comes out of retirement. Oh, yeah, dude, if the Slender Man comes out of retirement, I'm just going to never take that talent off. <laughs> People getting executed. Yeah. So what's what's on the last row here? Go through this real quick. Uh, so this is this this row was where the uh, BFA adventure occurred, right? Like, and I mean that wholeheartedly because throughout BFA I've used all three of these talents. Um, they're all very good. So I'll read them out first. Um, Divine Purpose uh makes it so that your abilities that consume holy power have a chance have a fifteen percent chance to make your next holy power ability free and deal twenty percent increased damage and healing. So that that works for Word of Glory with the healing side, as well as, like, your Templar's Verdict and Divine Storm, or Execution Sentence. Um, so it's a good talent, right? Um, it, it's Every talent on this row is good, um, but situationally, it's always, like, which one's the best, right? Uh, Inquisition, um, you know, it, it's it's a buff that you have to maintain, and it was, all, it was probably one of my more favorite talents to run in BFA, um, but I did get kind of tired of it after running it for, like, all of 8.1, all of 8.2 uh or most of 8.1 i should say because crusade got better near the end um but consume up to three holy power so it's up to you if you have one holy power and your buff's about to go you can spend it and um you get seven percent haste passive when this buff is active and it lasts 15 seconds for holy power consumed so basically once every 45 seconds or so you spend three holy power you get your seven percent haste buff for for 45 seconds going forward and then you just do ret things you know you don't listen you don't pay attention to this talent again again it's cool because it's a good buff and it's something that you have to maintain but there is a point in the rotation where like you've used this talent for like a year and you're just really bored of it it's not that fun anymore i don't know i just got bored of it it's a good talent though um but both of those talents uh pale in comparison at least in this pa this patch here right to crusade so, without Crusade, um, wait, do I have a tome? Hold on. So, without Crusade, your, your big cooldown right here is called the Venging Wrath, right? 
calls upon the light, you become an avatar of retribution, increasing your damage, healing, and critical strike chance by 20% for 25 seconds. Your first Templar's Verdict or Divine Storm will automatically critically hit. So that was actually a buff they did to Avenging Wrath. They made it so that your first spender automatically crits, which is cool. Big, big damn. Um, but Crusade, what it does is um, call upon the light to begin a crusade, increasing your damage and your damage done and haste by 3% for 30 seconds. So it extends wings by 5 seconds, right? Which, it, which obviously works in conjunction with Vision of Perfection to give you that little bit of extra time on your procs. And also, when you're reducing the cooldown, like, you can get really good uptime on this between, like, the vision procs and, like, the cooldown reduction and the extra five seconds you're getting. Um, and then <clears throat> um, each uh, each holy power spent during Crusade um, increases your damage done in haste by an additional 3%, maximum of 10 stacks. So very, very quickly, when you pop this button, you're going to hit 10 stacks, and then you have 30% haste, just add it on and then 30% additional damage done. And since you don't need like the critical strike chance, since like, you know, a lot of the time with this set it and forget it build, you want to be using like mastery as your main stat. Um you're going to see that like the damage done going up to 30% is huge. Um so this is just the best talent all around right now. Um once I figured out that Crusade was the better talent for be up for 8.3, uh, I've simmed the other talents from time to time. Like, these two talents, I do both enjoy running. Like, I ran Divine Purpose on Orgazoa last year, and it was the most fun meme build that I ever ran. Um, but it worked really well, you know what I mean? Like, I had really high damage on that boss, and a lot of that had to come from... A lot of that came from being able to use Divine Purpose on that fight. But yeah, once I figured out that this is the best talent, I've never changed it. It's it's good in dungeons, it's good in raids, it's good in everything. Like it's even with other like fundamentally different builds for Rep Paladin, it's still gonna be the best talent. And you'll see that like if you look at like the early parses, you'll see like a bunch of different Endro talents being used by Rep Paladins. And then you look at the like current like post post patch, whatever the, the logs are calling it now, like top 100 parses for all the bosses, everybody runs Crusade. And then Post-nerf you... 3, I think that's what they're calling it. Oh, dude, post-nerf 3. Post-nerf 3. It's getting worse than the Gremlins movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like, like it's, it's, it's just set it and forget it now. Like, Crusade is just so good. Um, you just, you can't, you can't beat it with the, the other end row talents. Um, early on in the gearing process, if you're working on a rep paladin, you'll be simming you're going to hit a point where Inquisition is your best talent, and then your gear score is going to get a little bit higher, and once you start to get the Azerite traits lined up, you're going to be simming ludicrously higher when you switch over to Crusade. So there's basically this like point between 450 and 470 item level where like it just goes whoop, and then it never goes back. So anybody who's working on a Rep Paladin ult, probably consider Inquisition early on, but there is going to be a point where this is better, and it's just never going to change after that. Like, you're just never going to beat Crusade. It's stuck with it for life. Yeah. And it, or and, at least still Shadowlands. And it's a fun talent. Like, it's 30% haste. Everybody likes haste. You go fast like Sanic. And, and right. I mean, when I, like, when I started running Crusade again, because, like, I ran it early or late in 8.1, and it was an awesome talent to use. But now, like, being able to run it consistently, I realize, like, 
how much I like the additional five seconds on wings and then how much I, I like having the 30% damage increase. Like, my burst windows are so big now because of this talent, and, like, I wouldn't really want to go back to Inquisition because it's just that annoying buff that you have to maintain. I even got a weak aura that yelled at me when it was starting to run out, and I just I started to hate that weak aura, you know? And so I know paladins have just a crap load of utility in their in, in their kit, right? So um, just random things that that you can use out of your spellbook. Um, and I don't want to cover everything in there, but can you show us some of the like more important ones, ones that you actually find use for? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'll 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 probably be able to go over all of them really quickly. Uh, but basically, you got a fifteen second interrupt in rebuke. It's basically like your lick and stick. Well, melee classes all have interrupts, so uh, the one caveat to our interrupt is you literally have to be in melee range, so you got to basically be able to kiss the boss goodnight before you interrupt it. Um, so that sucks, but it's still an interrupt, and it's still a 15-second cooldown, so you can't really complain about that. Um, and then you have these two abilities here, Greater Blessing of Kings and Greater Blessing of Wisdom. Uh, so depending on the type of content, you either want to use Kings on yourself or on the tank, or on a particularly squishy party member like Rocky on Arms Warrior. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's a small absorb shield. It's 11,000 absorb shield. It refreshes every six seconds. So it's pretty good. Like, I, I've gone into a dungeon, put this on a tank, and then over the course of the dungeon, it's absorbed, like, you know, three or four million damage. So That's good. Yeah, like, it's it's really good. and like, But it's, again, it's not a very high-impact ability, but it's still really good. And then Greater Blessing of Wisdom. Put it on your healer, preferably Mistweaver monks. <coughs> Damies. Yeah, you, I mean, you will, you, will, you will make a friend for life. Uh, oh yeah, from your healer if 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 you have wisdom on them. I I put it on blue every raid and like every two three weeks she like sends me some gold. It's really good. Uh, <laughs> That's a solid payout. I know, right? Um, but yeah, so it's just it's a mana regen. It's one percent mana every ten seconds. Uh, it actually used to be beneficial to put on yourself because in eight point zero and eight point one, it actually had a passive heal component to it. Um, that is no longer the case. Like it used to heal you for like you know four or five thousand every ten seconds, but that's gone. Um, then obviously the big ones, the big utility abilities: blessing of freedom, uh, blesses a party of raid member, granting immunity to movement and pairing effects for eight seconds. That's huge. Uh, obviously, in Nihilotha, there's several bosses where, you know, freedom to like abilities, Tiger's Lust, um, the Hunter one. I don't know. I know Hunters can do it. I don't know what it's called. Yeah, um, I have no idea. Yeah, me neither. Uh, but it's 25 seconds. I expect them to use it, but I have no idea what it is. Oh, yeah, same. Um, but it's a 25 second cooldown with a 40 yard range. So it's it's really good. Like, especially for bosses like Shadhar, that arena isn't even 40 yards. Like, you're just always going to be able to hit whoever the fuck you need. Um, whereas, like, Raffian, I've had situations where Avery's like, Dispel me! And I'm like, You're in Kentucky! <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, bud! Um, and then, you know, like, Cleanse Toxins, um, you know, Cleanse is a friendly target, removing poison and disease. That's really good. In dungeons, there's apparently not a lot of classes that can remove poisons and disease, so... I use this shit like crazy in dungeons, and it's really good. Um... Then, you know, that's your movement, Divine Steed, you get on a horse. Actually, right now, I, I just switched back to Life Force Rain, so I got the elephant back, boys. Um, that won't be obnoxious to blocking my view in the middle of a fight at all. I That was actually the plan. Um, so yeah, it's your movement, it's good. Um, and then you get Blessing of Protection. So this is probably the one that you'll hear referenced a lot. People call it BOP, uh, B -O -P, whatever. Um, 
that's like probably like a good percentage of the reason why people still bring paladins to raid so basically blizzard please don't remove this from the game <laughs> um but yeah it's on a five minute cooldown causes forbearance like i said i mentioned forbearance earlier once you apply this to a target uh lights you know uh lay on hands things like that aren't going to work on them for a little while um but blesses a party or remain a raid member granting immunity to physical damage or harmful effects for 10 seconds it will also purge harmful effects so you'll find that very useful in fights where there's like a, a nasty debuff. It's just a dispel you can throw on people. There's a lot of debuffs in the game that can't be dispelled by certain X or Y normal, you know, cleanse that people use. But Bop will do it. So Bop's really yeah, good. It's a life-saving talent. It's real good for like uh if you have to soak a mechanic and you need or um or like in particular in our raid where we have very few immunities it's pretty much well it's it's the two of us yeah. um so like it's it's you know uh when we're needing to uh eat damage with the tank and two people got to be sacrificed for the greater good it's it's nice because you know you you can pop that and you can actually go twice same as i do oh yeah it's really good mythic plus too um, just be very careful when putting it on a tank. Make sure the tank has some sort of macro that is, like, made to automatically, like, remove it. Because you can do things like Blessing of Protection off stacks on Necrotic Week. Um, and that will protect the tank from those stacks. But even though it doesn't say it in the tooltip, it will cause the tank to drop all aggro. So, especially if you're doing a lot of damage, you're going to hit the tank, and then you're going to die immediately if they don't dispel it and, like, pull aggro back. Uh, so that's something to consider. You know, it's really good in Mythic Plus as well, just also it can kill you. Um, and then, yeah, other than that, your main utility, uh, you have, like, your healing spells, like Flash of Light, I usually Talent Word of Glory, um, you know, uh, Lay on Hands, big, big heal. It heals for your health, right? Now, I have 528,000 health with this gear on, so that's a lot of healing. You know, you just throw it out on somebody, and you're like, hey, you're full health again. Um save people in raid with it a lot of times, save people in dungeons with it a lot of times. Uh, it's just really useful. You do have a res, out of combat only, unfortunate. There's a talent you can take that lets you, uh, in PvP, res, like be res. So this is kind of good in PvP if you can take. I think it's... Uh, uh, I don't even know. I don't have talented. Anyways, it's, it's really good. You can just use this as a be res. You still have to cast, though. It's 8.5 seconds, so good luck casting that in PvP. I've done it once, and I think that the people who we were playing against, like, actually were like, what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody takes that. And then um, Hand of Hindrance, very situational, but it's a it's a slow. 70% movement speed. I haven't used that in a raid fight since, like, um, oh, the second to last boss in BOD, where you have to slow the ads. But 30 yard, 30 seconds, cooldown, it's, it's, it's a 70% slow. It's just good. And like I said, utility Wake of Ashes can stun undead and demons. So in a way, you can also qualify this as utility. And then we already talked about the single target stun. You know, it's six seconds stun. Take this of justice. You get it every like 10, 15 seconds. It's amazing. All right. Well, I think the time has come. Uh, if you would like to uh, head to one of the dummies and kind of show off the uh, the old washing machine, as we like to call it, um, maybe one time kind of slow and kind of talks through the rotation. And then after everybody's got kind of a clear view of what you're going to be doing, kind of speed it up one time and let them see it in action. Yeah. So, um, like <clears throat> obviously right now, so for the mastery build, I've got the three light, three might combo. 
so this is what I would be running for single target fights. Alternatively, there is a crit build, but we'll probably just bring that in at the end later because it's just more of a meme. Um, but like we do pull timer like three, two, one. So on two, I would usually like pre pot, and then I open usually with um, judgment and blade of justice to get them on cooldown. Then I pop wings, lights judgment. Oh, didn't mean to do that. Then I start my spenders. You know, Templar's Verdict, Hammer of Wrath, Spender. Spend Wake of Ashes as early as possible. And then once you start to get Crusade stacks, that's when I pop my uh, Trinket for the 4,000 uh, strength. And, you know, after that it just kind of flows. Spend whatever builders you have available, prioritize Hammer of Wrath and um, Blade of Justice, and then spend whatever spender you're planning on spending. And that's basically it. I mean, like, you, you have four builders, you know, all of mine are located right here, and you're two spenders, right? So it's, it becomes a priority system. The main thing when, when, when doing your rotation with Rhett is you have your holy power, that's your resource. If, if it's possible, you never want to go above five. Like, if, you, if you're at five, you have to hit a spender. You don't want to be spending builders unnecessarily. The rare occasions where that is going to come into play is, like, again, if the target is, like, really far away and you don't have any other options, you can use your judgment and, you know, hammer of wrath. Right, you're just gapping the damage, basically. Yep, and then, <clears throat> like I said, like, so Wake of Ashes, it gives you five holy powers. So the other exception for when you want to cap holy power, or you, you don't really mind capping holy power, if you only have one holy power, it's always valuable to use Wake of Ashes anyways to get to five. But if you have two... The math works out. People much smarter than me in the Paladin uh, theory crafting community have determined that if you have two holy power, you're better off using you know one of your three build one, then a spender, then wake of ashes. So basically, like if you have one holy power, doesn't matter. Use wake of ashes. You're going to technically lose a holy power. It's still valuable, but the moment you have two, the math works out that you don't want to use your wake you wanna too spend. much yeah it's it's just that point where like you've lost value right like so if you're talking from a value-based perspective it is no longer free real estate okay but uh yeah that's about it so that, that's like single target rotation the only thing that really changes is you're going to be doing your same like builder rotation and then you're going to be spending templar's verdict because that's going to be more valuable but then for aoe openers um it's a little bit different, and you're going to kind of see why. Um, so let's say you're about to open up on a big mob pack or, you know, a boss with, like, a bunch of adds or, like, a boss with two adds. So I'm going to do the very same thing. I'm going to build the three, right? And then I'm going to pop wings, and then I'm going to cast my Light's Judgment, <clears throat> and then Divine Storm, Trinket, Divine Storm, Divine Storm, because um, Memory of Lucid Dreams just gave me, like, a free, free Holy Power, so I just got a free Divine Storm. And then you see, like, you can burst to, like, some pretty good numbers in AoE scenarios. Like, this is with four targets. I'm sustaining, like, you know, 200, 240k in the opener. And that's e that's without even the Imperium Power Azerite trait, which gives you free procs of Divine Storm. So four to five weeks, you want to switch over to that talent. You're going to lose a little bit of mastery if you're running Triple Light's Decree. Or you can keep the mastery and just run Double Light's Decree, Imperium Power. Basically, any combination of Avengers, Ra or Avengers Might, Light's Decree, and Imperium Power is going to be beneficial in AoE scenarios. 
Um, as long as it's only one Imperium power. But yeah. It's the same rotation. You just always want to be hitting Divine Storm when there's more than one target. And then if there's only one target, you always want to be hitting Templar's Verdict. And then the one exception to all these is the crit build, where you're going to need to be weaving in Execution Sentence. And that's a little bit more of like a meme build. Like, it does work, but it it doesn't have the same consistency, right? Yeah. So I've used it to get some really high parses this tier. Um, I'll kind of give people an overview of what that is, but unfortunately, I actually have to switch to a sim. Because uh, I don't have my gear all talented up for this. So what we're going to do, we're going to go to Raid Bots. I'm going to pull that up on screen. Boom. Boom. It's free real estate. So I use these Azerite pieces for the crit build. And basically, I, I usually use one Light's Decree, um, three Blade of Justice, or sorry, three Expurgation, which is, uh, it, it's, it's a dot that procs off Blade of Justice and causes the target to burn for, like, a ton of damage, and it stacks. Like, the damage stacks, the dot doesn't apply multiple times, but you can refresh the dot by reapplying it. And um, I use uh, double, double Avenger's Might, because it still benefits from holy damage. Because it, Sorry, it still benefits from your, your Mastery Hand of the Light. So with this build, I'm usually sitting at, like, 50% crit, and I also run a Deadly Momentum, so when that's maxed out i usually am sitting around 71 to 75 percent crit and the whole goal there is to maintain your dot from expurgation as often as possible on your primary target and also just get a bunch of crits with your other spells anyways because you have 70 percent crit and it's it's a meme build but I, i've literally done higher than my sim dps with it because sometimes the dot just procs that much and you can keep it up like 89% of the fight, and um, when the the cool thing about the build is like your Blade of Justice needs to crit to apply the dot, so you get crit Blade of Justices, which hit for like 70-80k, but then you also can crit with the dot. <laughs> so it's just kind of like one of those things where, you know, like DKs have quadratic scaling on their, uh, their abilities, like their um, Epidemic dot, while Rhett gets like double the benefit from crit, because their ability will crit, and then the dot can crit, and then that's just a whole lot of extra damage. Um, also, it's like, um, I don't think, if I'm not mistaken, I, and I'm not 100% sure because I've heard a bunch of people speculate different things, but uh, some people say that Expurge um, snapshots, you know what that is, Caster? Um, yeah, snapshotting. Yeah, so um, I, I haven't actually sat down and looked at the logs to see if that's the case. So the whole idea is if, if, if this dot does snapshot, which again, I can't confirm or deny whether or not it is, if you crit on it and you, you have your wings up and you can maintain the dot outside of your cooldown window, you're maintaining that snapshotted damage from the original dot, which is like the crit mastery buffed, like ludicrously high damage dot. And if that's the case, that's what essentially makes this build work. So the idea is maintain the Expurge dot as much as you can. You can't guarantee it. But luckily, Crusade doesn't give you any uh, crit, so usually your crit rating is the same in and outside of your cooldown window. So 
you know, you're usually reapplying it pretty often. And if you can get high uptime on it with like that 50 to 70% crit area, um, it's just huge. Like the damage that this thing does is insane. But again, super niche, super meme -y. You can't really use it outside of single target raid bosses. And it has to be like a purely single target raid boss to actually get the benefit from this build. And at the end of the day, like I built this before I even did the mass rebuild. I don't recommend it to anybody. If I there's one piece of advice, if you're gonna make a rep paladin today and you're gonna like spec it out with everything, the Azerite essences that I showed you are like you know top priority. But when you sit down to start buying your corruption, don't build this. You will never use it outside of single target raid bosses, and like you can theoretically get benefit out of it on tyrannical weeks, but you lose like so much AOE damage on all the other trash in dungeons that like it's not even really worth doing that. And you're buying corruptions that essentially don't translate over later as well if you ever set yeah. switch over. Like, I, I set up these two sims just to show you, like, because the, the mass rebuild, there's, like, triple light, triple might, which is what I have here. It sims at 123k dungeon slice. Um, and, you know, you can kind of see the damage distribution down here. Like, Templar's Verdict does about 15% of your damage. That's probably taking into account bosses, because that's when you're going to want to spend it. And then this is like with Imperium power, you get about a thousand extra DPS throughout the dungeon, but you lose like almost two percent uh, single target damage. But they sim very closely to one another in dungeon scenarios, right? Like it's not not a massive massive difference. So for that reason, like you know, this is what I recommend doing for tyrannical weeks. Just drop the Imperium power, use the extra Avengers might. You're gonna hit bosses way friggin' harder. And then, you know, for AoE scenarios, like, just like I said, take the Imperium Power, Fortified Week comes along, use this. The Expurge build, even though you could use it on Tyrannical Weeks for a dungeon, don't. <laughs> just, just don't. Just don't. So outside of the uh, don't for the crit build, is there any, um, any last minute thing that you would like to just say to anybody who wants to play a rep paladin is playing a rep paladin is considering playing a rep paladin yeah uh so if you're looking for a melee dps class that is very likely to change uh the way that you play it throughout shadowlands i would recommend this class um rep paladin right now relies a lot on borrowed power obviously uh the numbers that i do are very very catered towards the fact that I have a large amount of the right stuff, right? Like the Azerite traits are perfect, the essences are perfect, I'm getting to the point where my corruption setup is like very close to perfect, and you know what I mean? Like, it, it's a lot of borrowed power, that's gonna obviously affect everybody in Shadowlands, but if I could say anything about my journey playing Rep Paladin from Uldir to now, um, all throughout BFA, I had, the, I had the ability to use different talents, right? And some some of these talents like inquisition and you know divine purpose really changed the way that the class flows and plays and the stat weights have changed dramatically i've done haste builds crit builds mastery builds burst builds like i've done everything imaginable in bfa with this class with every emphasis on every stat and every talent and other than the couple of dead talents you know what i mean like i've had that journey of being able to play this class like six different ways throughout this expansion and it's always been fun and i have a feeling that shadowlands is going to be very similar 
you know, there's going to be that emergent talent build at the start of the, the expansion that might change near the end of the first patch, but going into the second patch, stat weights change, and, like, it's going to change again, and the way that you play the class is going to change. And because of that, being a very fluid class that gives you the ability to change talents as gear, gear score starts to scale up, anybody that wants to play a class that will change throughout an expansion to stay fresh, this is a super, super good option. Um, but, you know, join me on Twitter with hashtag fix the covenant system so that this is, a, you know, still an option. Because <laughs> the time the covenants aren't looking pretty good for, vers for, for, for versatility. For being able to change the the content avenues, it's my biggest complaint right now. But still, it's an awesome class. Um, and honestly, like with Azerite traits, like a lot of the talents that are going to be going baseline are getting filled in with like Azerite traits, basically as talents. So if you want to know what Shadowlands Paladin's going to feel like rotation-wise, pick up Paladin now because it's not going to change a whole hell of a lot. Just you know, minor things here and there. Awesome. Well, we do appreciate you going over the class with us today. And um, we'll be seeing Savin some more of the uh, the other videos and content that's coming up. He is going to help me run a couple of uh, other events and chats and other videos. So we do appreciate your time. And everybody who watched, we thank you very much. Anytime. I love each and every one of you. Play Rep Paladin. It's the best class in the game. That was a lie. That was a lie.